Welcome to On The Metal. I'm Brian Cantrell. With me, as always, is Jess Frizzell. Hey, Jess. Hey, Brian. And joining us is our boss, Steve Duck. Hey, Steve. Glad to be here. And that's it in the garage. We actually don't have a guest because we are at the end of season one. This is it. <sighs> yeah. What a season, huh? That was amazing. It was really good. Okay, so I've got to ask both of you. When you know we set out to go do this, and I think all three of us wanted to do the podcast. We thought it was going to be fun. Did you think it was going to be as good as it was? It was so good. Definitely. Um, I, 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 I definitely <laughs> knew that a certain subset of people would like it, but yeah. then I think that it grew more than I thought it would. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, you you cannot argue that this thing did not beat our expectations. No, I think I think the, the caliber of guests that we were able to get was mind-blowing. It's a mind-blowing. Yeah. Which Very was also fun because it was like during raising, which is cool. And, and I also thought the guests were so different, you know? I mean, yeah. it, the, I, I loved that. And, it, and you know, you would get a guest like, wow, this is going to be very different. And then it takes a delightful path. I just thought it was amazing. And, All yet, of them and yet a bunch of common themes. A bunch of common yes. themes. A bunch of common themes. And especially... You know, I could suggest you and I would do the show notes, which actually, man, for some of these guests, the show notes were a truck pull. Yeah, no, there was, um, when I did uh, the first one for Jeff Rothschild, like that, those show notes, I was like, it was multiple pages. And I was like, whoa, I had no idea. But also it, it lets you like listen to it over again with like yeah. a fine tooth comb. So like, I like learned a lot. Again. I learned a lot too. And I felt also there were a couple of things that came up a couple of times, technologies that came up a couple of times. And it was just, it was a ton of fun. For what it's worth, I did volunteer to try and do show notes. And I think both of you were like, you know. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. The explanation we were process it. is probably going to be longer <laughs> than us right. doing it. Yeah, it's true. But it was, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. The whole thing was a lot of fun. And there's going to be another season, right? This is not the last season of On the Metal. Oh, definitely not. So we're excited. We're going to keep doing it. But we are going to take uh, a break for a, a little bit. And I think the three of us wanted to reflect a little bit on some of our favorite moments we loved, I think, every conversation and loved so much about so many different conversations. But what we, each of the three of us has done, so we have written down five moments that spoke to us in some special way. And we we actually don't know what we've said. So I know, Jess, you're very concerned that we're going to steal your favorite moment. Yeah, so I would like to go first. You get to go first. <laughs> okay, because my favorite <laughs> moment, I do not want to be stolen. And I feel like it might be on other people's list, but it was Amir Silicon Wafers. Oh, that on was on my list. <laughs> oh. yeah. Amir, I, that was on my list. It's and I felt so like, good. That's why I wanted oh, to go first. I was like, oh, no. Oh, that was on my list. Bedroom decorations. Okay, all right. That, that was great. I, you, that was on my list. And that's funny because... I felt very confident that that would be on no one else's list. Um, excuse me. I thought about ordering some old silicon wafers <laughs> okay, for fair. the office to hang from the ceiling. Oh my In God, fact, you should do that. Turn around, Brian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so that obviously all three, that moment spoke to all three of us. Why did that moment speak to you so much, Jess? Um, the image of it, yeah. honestly. And I would love doing that. It feels like, and I don't know, it was like the way he described it. I mean, so for those of you who may not have caught this moment, this is with with Amir Michael describing hanging silicon wafers in his bedroom as a child, like a fifth yeah. grader. And just like the way he described it, I felt like I'm in the bedroom. Totally. Yeah. It was totally. so evocative. And there was so much. It's like I was a kid in Silicon Valley. I mean, it was yeah. so. It was, why didn't I do that? Right. So good. Right. Well, and actually, well, you're the anomaly, Stephen, that at least, well, you grew up in the Bay Area, not really Silicon Valley, growing up in the East Bay. But we, I mean, for most of us who are out here, we did not grow up out here. Yeah, that's true. And Amir is unusual in that regard. He's a, he's a true 
Child of the Silicon Valley. I just thought that was a very evocative moment. So yes, Jess, you were right to yes. fear it. Yeah, yeah. That was, no, that's my that's other ones. I'm go less early. fearful of. So. God, I know. I am now terrified. I actually, <laughs> I, I was convinced that none of mine were going to get stolen. And Probably. now, all right, all right, Steve. What, what? Probably should have written down more than five. One of the, I mean, just right off the jump, the interview with Jeff Rothschild and hearing him describe his path into Intel <laughs> was one that was just fascinating for me. Oh my God, that was amazing. Uh, and and hearing about you know, one, how the the memory manufacturing process, you've got a lot of defects that you can't use, how that got repackaged into a solid state product, and then that product being slower than a uh, fixed head disk, and this creating a billion dollar issue for Intel. And uh, at the time, he happens to be interviewing and confidently says, Oh yeah, I can fix that. And then leaves and goes back to uh, he's at Honeywell, right? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, and goes back and then sees in like a published report that the person that he had interviewed with was saying, you know, yes, we did have a supply issue. We've actually resolved it to the market. Basically, big market announcement. And that the resolution was that they had hired Jeff and he didn't know it. Right. He's like, oh, I guess they don't need me. He's like, oh, they, I guess I don't need to, I don't need to go back. <laughs> it's like, oh no, it's the exact opposite no, of that. Actually. You're the fix. <laughs> right, you're the fix, pal. Yeah, that story was amazing. And that's one of those where you want to have it almost videoed. Not for the way for the way he was telling it, yes, but the three of us were legitimately slack jawed. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it was that was just like a mouths agape. <laughs> like, oh my God. It was amazing. I and that was I mean that all the so many of his stories. And again, were I mean, the, back to the the common themes. It's like you know, in each one of these, there were so many chunks where we were just soaking it in. Oh, I mean, just hearing yeah. these stories that that go back decades and that were how these companies were built. And they were they were so personal too. I mean, I think yeah. that's what that's what, what I love about that's it. what I think we yeah. all loved about it. I mean, it's like you're getting such a you know who these folks actually are, which is great. All right, so all right. so mine. That actually, I was a little bit worried this one was going to get stolen in the first round. So I'm not sure how many people about this. Ron Minnick and Dr. Nim. Oh, uh, that's that on my good. list. It's not on my list, that's but that's a good three. one that I forgot. That's my number three. Right. Okay. So, and this is using kind of uh, plastic tumblers effectively and marbles to emulate a computer. And based on this, and Steve, during the, the conversation, you're like, I got to go find one of these on eBay. And you can find one on eBay for a couple hundred bucks or whatever, right? Yeah. I've got three kids under six. One right. who I thought maybe getting towards six might be appropriate for, uh, found it on eBay. Right. Well, so you, you should, uh, instead of getting that, you should buy this thing called Turing Tumblr. Well, I'm not buying that because it was $176. Well, so Turing Tumblr is a lot cheaper. It's like 70 bucks and it is a modern example, but it's much more, it's elaborate, it's well thought out. And so I bought this for the kids for Christmas. Of course, I think I've probably been playing with it more than anyone else. Right. Uh, but, it, but it's been really interesting to watch. So I've got a, I've got a 15 year old, a 12 year old and a seven year old and they all got into it to varying degrees and it gets hard it gets hard. And actually it was like, I got one of the, I think one of the four star problems. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm four star must be like the top. You go to the end of like, oh my God, there are 10 star problems in this thing. Um, and it's good. I mean, it's like, it's not, it's not exactly, it's a computational thinking for sure. So Ron's story was very directly inspirational yeah. in that regard, but also the, which the way Ron was telling it was so captivating about, you know, learning about, you know, De Morgan's laws and so on as a, as a kid, so I, know, I thought that was because great. his dad didn't steal it. He was actually able to use his. I, I, I am not stealing it from my, well, okay, actually this is where my kids would like to speak for themselves. Right. And they're like, dad, you actually did tell us to go do something else. Go play on my, <laughs> and actually, you know what, you do you know what's pathetic. I actually want a, a phone. 
I, I want actually a mobile game version of Turing Tumblr. Like they, they pride themselves like, oh, this will get your kids off their phone. I'm like, actually, no, I want this on the phone. So the kids will do this on their phone because it's, it's that good. Um, anyway, really good stuff. So, but good I thought, one. that was on my list and Ron was terrific. All right. Now I'm down to four. All right. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Jess. So this one's probably not on anyone else's list because it's something that we found out after an episode aired. So Kenneth was telling me that, uh, during Rick's episode where he's talking about how he scanned the internet for all the uh, vulnerable VMCs, he did that from Kenneth's infrastructure. Which is, wow. it's such a great on the Full metal tie-in. Yeah, exactly. Full so circle. Because I love the interconnected worlds. The interconnected worlds are great. And I thought, I mean, there's so much about Kenneth's story that really, I thought was what was interesting is the degree that one really resonated with people listening to On the Metal. Yeah, well, because it's like the Forrest Gump of like an internet exchange. Okay, hey, careful, careful, because this is we're starting to like get into other ones that. Are <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Steve clearly getting fidgety. I just is going to eat the one sorry. is. <laughs> Go watch myself. Yeah, but, but that but that that is amazing. That so Rick was obviously aware of Kenneth's uh, of the Fremont Internet Cabal, and yeah. um, it's, it's great. All right, Steve, you want to get right. that one out there yeah. before it get, before gets accidentally <laughs> stolen. Uh, well, so yes, because it was Kenneth's where he was describing basically the DIY ASP, like do it yourself, create an ASP network and and just the way that he was describing putting this thing together in building blocks and how folks across the aisle from each other in racks were running cables illegally <laughs> and before you know it, you know, with a low ASP number, he's uh he's he's created something that yeah, you know, yeah. I personally Thank you. Yeah, uh, I personally had thought of as you know being these these very very large companies with tons of infrastructure to right. be able to connect out in that way. Can I tell you how hard I tried in doing the show notes for Kenneth? I wanted to find the architectural firm that was yes, sitting on his ASN. Because he just said it's an architectural firm. And I'm like, I got to know the story of this architectural firm. And I tried really hard to find the, the architectural firm sitting on that ASN and I, I couldn't find them. Mm. Wow. Uh, and unfortunately, like we know that they went out of business, but that's how Kenneth got the number, right? right. So it's like, like they're then already- you can't find it. Yeah, it's actually already not. And they probably went out of business because probably they're like not a very good architectural firm. So it's like already like the, the it was against <laughs> me and like I did yeah. not find it. But learning the lengths people would go to save, you know, 50 bucks a month and bringing a concrete drill into the concrete a, drill, right. into a data center <laughs> to drill in from the floor above and run cabling. That was another one of those that was just very evocative. I felt like I was in the yeah. data center. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I loved Kenneth like, you just gotta like walk in with a hard hat and a clipboard and. And just look like you're official. It'll look like you're official. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That'll get you anywhere. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was terrific. Uh, so another favorite moment of mine, it's a Steve, this is the one that you missed. You were out of town when, Tom. oh, Tom Lyon. Yeah. That's so good. And Tom talking about Datapoint and he mentioned this company, Datapoint, and he recommended a book in particular. So book, we put in the show notes at the time, but Datapoint, the lost story of the Texans who invented the personal computer revolution. I got the book and read it and really enjoyed it. I mean, it, it, really interesting story about a, a company that had been forgotten about. And I thought, you know, it, one of the things I love about Tom is that Tom is also likes the history of the industry. And of course, because he's been in it for so much longer than we have, he's got this incredible depth of knowledge and interest. And, and he, after the podcast, he, we, he was showing us his manual collection, Jess. And that was, that was just such a great day. Was it was so much fun. And 
just delightful stories. And I just loved his interest in it because he has the belief that I think the three of us have, and I think our listeners have, which is that history has got a lot to teach us that it, we're not just interested in this out of, because out of a kind of an antiquarian fascination, it's because we see a lot of parallels with the present and future. And we think that there's really something to understanding this stuff. So I love that. I love Tom's description of data point and ArcNet. Yeah, I was, I was bummed to miss that one, but also it was nice to be able to listen to one. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, and he, he was fascinating. And, and, and I mean, God, one of what, nine kids? I, that was and another moment. That's, like that's, that family. The family. The family. So cool. I know. That family took over. They, I know. You think, and like this family should be, and he was talking about this family reunion. Yeah. And it's like the Computer History Museum should sure. should send a <laughs> right, documentary right. crew or just to this family reunion. Let them hold it there, you know? I, I guess, right. No, it was amazing. And then the optical mouse and the, the, the sort of like, and it, you, got, you know, looks behind at the, you know, the image of the optical mouse behind you in the garage. And like, it's like, yeah, you know, it's a, uh, that's that actually the one my brother invented is actually the superior implementation of an optical mouse. It's like, it's like, it's like where are we? No, it was amazing. It was, that was such an, all right. Okay. So my next one is also a kind of behind the scenes thing, but the three hour long episode with Jonathan Blow, (laughs) where like Steve had to leave in the middle for like a call, but came back. And then I had to like move a task rabbit that was supposed to assemble furniture. (laughs) I was was sure that was over. Oh, that was, and he was just gathering steam. Like we could have gone on for so much longer, but it was freezing. My feet were frozen. it, It is so cold in this garage. I also like legitimately like I'm going to miss my flight to New Zealand. We were going to New Zealand right. for for the the holidays. My wife's family's from New Zealand. I'm you like, couldn't even copy it. We had to hide the SD card because like we were concerned that literally I did not have time to copy the SD card. That's true. That if I copied the SD card, I was in danger of missing Christmas. <laughs> like that. That's what what the the stakes were. But that could have gone on. It felt like for, I couldn't believe it. I had to go out for an interview and yeah. came back in 45 and minutes later and, and we're like, still humming, no, gathering strength. Yeah, it, no, it, like, it could have gone on it, so much longer. It was like a hurricane that had crossed Florida into the Gulf of Mexico and just like, and all <laughs> of a sudden, like, picking up steam. Five. Yeah. And no, he, it was amazing, I thought. So It was so good. And, and it seems like everyone seems to be loving the length. Well, and so, which is, so we, for, the first long one was Jeff Rothschild. Because when we got into this, we thought like, oh, like, these will be like 30 minute conversations. During your commute. But we kind of knew like, ah, 30 minutes is going to be a bit short. And... Then we had Jeff Rothschild was the first one that we, there was no way we were going to cut him off. And another one, another one that could have gone six hours, could have gone six hours. And when we ended, he was like, wow, all right, we already done. Like, God, we, we, we didn't want to like continue to like force you, (laughs) but the lunchtime, but the, and then we had kind of an extended discussion about like, do we do this in like two parts or do we do it as a one parter? And we decided like, you know what? People can hit the pause button if they don't want to. Because it's like Netflix, the episodes don't have a set amount of time. You just go. You just go. And it's like, we knew that we would not have wanted to be interrupted halfway through that. Yeah. So it's like, don't give me the first half without giving me the second half. So we decided to just let them go. Long form. Long form. And Jonathan's was the ne plus ultra in that department. And it so was good. good. So good. It was good. I, yeah. I, I, and I, and at the end of it, I mean, it, it was kind of like, I felt like the three of us were, again, he was gathering strength while the three of us were like trying to hold on. Well, my, my feet were literally frozen after <laughs> right, that, right. like actually right. frozen. Perfect. It did take a couple hours to get body temperature back up again. Yeah. Right. And I did make my flight, but like not with a lot of margin. 
I, I, I don't regret uh, having not copied it off no. the SD card. All right, Steve, what do you got? Uh, what's what's next? Uh, I think I think one of the themes that was pretty interesting to to hear was I think everyone held this in common, but some people took it more seriously than others is uh, preservation of old hardware. So yeah. And it wasn't just, you know, I can't throw out old hardware. It was, I seek out and collect hardware until my, you know, my, where I live is brimming with things and causing family issues. Right. So in particular, I think John Masters had been holding on to hardware in his, uh, in his domicile until that was causing an issue, then had to get a storage locker, filled that thing Which to the brim. Which he said on the podcast, like, I'm pretty sure my fiance doesn't know about this. And I'm like, right. I'm sure she does, does now. now. And did you see her tweet? <laughs> No. She, oh yeah, her tweet was like, "I guess I learned there's a storage locker filled with underwear." <laughs> how many? Stor- is- how many other storage lockers? Great. Yeah, it's like, oh wow, okay, sorry, don't want to. We're not trying to create any domestic strife. Oh, that's so good. But then you also had Rick wanted to buy a cray as furniture, right? Yeah, right? and I, you know, looking that up, it's like that actually could serve as as a couch. Yeah, exactly. And and then obviously the Amir thing with the uh, wafers on the wall. Like yeah, there was just a lot of tie-in on incorporation of uh, either storage of hardware or incorporation of hardware. That into, kind of physicality. Uh, yeah. Well, my next one actually dovetails very well with that, and that is Trammel and oh, the the. Oh, did I just steal one of yours? No, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so I'll keep it. I'll keep it specific enough. I'm gonna walk a narrow line so I don't steal anything. But the the teletype thirty three. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. All right, teletype thirty What I thought his description of the teletype thirty three, and I, yeah, I actually do want to expand this now, but I'm really gonna steal. No, so it's I'm not, fine. It's I, fine. I'm not even in that genre. Okay. Well, the the way he found that that whole system on Craigslist, like, okay, but if you take this, you actually have to take all of it. Right. And he gets this, you know, system that's in, in incredible working condition. And then the way he was describing the Teletrip 33 and the fact that it was mechanically locked at this, uh, what is effectively like 110 baud or whatever the rate was, very, very low rate. And then that dovetailed in with a couple of different conversations, but one dovetailed back to the Tom Lyon conversation where Jess, we had this moment where you, Tom and I were talking about white space, which I loved (laughs) and about like tabs versus spaces. And you realize, and I guess I just didn't realize this, that I never, I mean, I've always been a hard tabs person, but I've never really made the efficiency argument over it. It's kind of ridiculous, but actually with a teletype 33, it's actually an efficiency argument. It's like, no, like you don't understand. I'm saving a lot of time by like eight spaces. Like that's like 15 minutes. Okay. So like that, that tab stop is a big deal, which I thought was really interesting. And just the, I, I feel the way Trammell described the, the teletype 33, you, you could almost hear it. I it was very visceral. And then the teletype 33, which came up a couple of times in a couple of the different yeah. conversations the, in the data point, the data points machine is the 3300 because it's a hundred times better than the teletype 33. They were originally, <laughs> the, yeah, the terminal corporation. I'm like, and I just didn't know anything about the teletype 33 before getting into these. So I thought that was really delightful and interesting. All right. So yeah. I did not take your, no, you st- your, st- your right. tramway related um, one. Send it. But I do love, I love the, this is another one of the like interconnected worlds of the people on the podcast because there were things that came up multiple times. And so Ron and Trammell both overlapped at Sandia Labs mm. and worked on firmware and yes. clustering systems. Yes. And yeah. I just like love the, the two sides of that story are great. Like they are great. And I love having these people that, that know one another or have worked with one another or have crossed paths in their careers. I just thought that was 
so much fun. And I think, you know, uh, so many people that were on the podcast became fans of the podcast, which was yeah, really which neat. Cool. Because yeah. I don't think we really told people who else was on it. We were just we like, didn't. <laughs> we probably could have. We just like, it never came up. Well, I remember Amir, who we had on um, early, I think he was our, maybe our yeah. third, yeah. Uh, when we were describing the podcast, he was like, oh, that sounds great. Like, I want to listen to all of them right now. Like, well, you are all yeah, of them you, right now. So you're on, <laughs> you like, are the podcast. You are the podcast. We'll have you out there soon. But uh, no, it was, that was great. And it, it, listening to that, because they basically told, Trammell and Ron told the same story, yeah, but from different, different perspectives. perspectives. Yeah, and cool. they, right, they probably had not known that as they were, no, it's yeah. good. But I just remember in the show notes, I was like, oh, wow, this is very similar. Oh, this is very similar. All right, exactly. <laughs> I, right, right, I did this two weeks same. ago. Yeah. Well, on Amir, that was uh, that was another one of mine. I, 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 first of all, just that, that was fascinating, just hearing kind of his story and how he, kind of moved through building hardware, you know, with corkboards and bread racks and DRAM swept off the floor that software would try and correct when it failed. And his his background and then kind of moving into this desire towards better efficiency in systems and right. that kind of guiding a lot of his career and, you know, starting OCP and, you know, being one of the founding members of OCP. And what was really, really interesting was, you know, a lot of folks, at least in the industry and the commercial world are after performance and efficiency for commercial reasons. I want to deliver a faster system to customers and I want to lower cost. And I think one of the kind of the core drivers for him that that really resonated was how do we how do we become more efficiency uh, more efficient in the planet? Like how do we actually reduce emissions? How do we start being less wasteful in terms of all these machines that are inefficient, underutilized, etc.? And that kind of driving his startup and his passion and what yeah. he really cares about, less about the commercial implications of these things. Yeah, and it, I mean, you could really tell that this is something he felt very Deeply, earnestly. Personal. Yeah, this is not yep. something that that he was doing for how you might perceive him or what have That's you. Right. This is something that he really felt, um, which I thought was yeah, that was interesting because that was a bit surprising. I felt yeah. Well, you're just you're used to the drivers being curiosity about something or a commercial interest. And, and also because, I mean, power efficiency has got such a clear economic driver as well. That's right. It's like, it's very easy to just be doing it for business reasons. But yeah, he really wasn't. He was doing it for, and, and I thought similarly in terms of like the driving of OCP being to share that innovation That's right. with more people so more people would adopt them so we would have more efficient computing. Yeah, and not have it locked up within a couple of very large, very large providers. Yeah. That, that infrastructure privilege that, Jess, <laughs> right? Maybe didn't. Maybe coined. Maybe didn't coin. But <laughs> I feel Jess definitely coined I, it. I think so. I think so. I think we would only say like maybe didn't because. So we I, I got to tell you, I was giving a talk last night at Stanford and mentioned infrastructure privilege and attributed it, and a Googler who was there got into giggle fits. I mean, he was laughing <laughs> so hard yeah. over infrastructure privilege. And I'm like, hey, look, like it's you know the rest of us are actually living in a slum over here. I mean, it's like, right. like don't hurt yourself laughing with the <laughs> yeah. infrastructure privilege. Can you go in the hallway? And do yeah, that? can you exactly? You may want to like, maybe, but uh, so no, I think, I think Jess definitely coined infrastructure privilege. I'm going with it. I think uh, so. so I had another favorite moment just because it took me back to a particular time and place um, when Jonathan Blow was describing porting doom to the SGI set top box. And, you know, it's one of those things that like, it wasn't, and I think even for Jonathan, it was not like a, a you know a central thing. And but because I had done the same thing, I ported Doom to this other operating system at the same time. It just like immediately transported me back 
to the the mid '90s, and that project too, which was a technically interesting and a very ahead of its time project, but ultimately like didn't succeed as originally envisioned. But and I remember that thinking that the whole idea of video on demand felt ludicrous and impossible because of the last mile problem, and yet that ultimately we obviously all have video on demand. And so anyway, Jonathan's description of that and working on that project and, you know, the engineers leaving to go to, to NVIDIA and kind of yeah. being in free fall. It just, and then going and starting a game pro, a game company at the worst time to start a game company. Uh, I just thought, again, very evocative and taking you right back to a, to a right. time. We've you know. all played games. And I mean, that he's been involved in some way, shape and form and like everything we've, you know, he's touched your life at some point. Well, and he, and I'm actually kind of amazed in retrospect that, because, you know, Jess has like, just played the, you know, the witness. Yes, I right. played it, it, the witness one, and one I have witness. like, no, so the witness, like it, it is like a, it's something where I play video games very fast, basically to get to the end, because I'm like, I just want to like play the game. And like one thing that I definitely like wish I would have brought up, but I just did it is that like. Since I do that, like, I don't enjoy the game while I'm playing it. It's way too competitive. So then, like, his game. <laughs> That's just to get like, to the last right, chapter. Yeah. It's like, yeah, so, somehow like, I unlock, can't envision that. Oh, no, no, I can't envision that. Yeah, you unlock all these things along the way. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. Like, I'll go back when I'm done and, like, go go check out all the worlds and stuff. And so then when you're done with the game, it pops you back to the beginning. And so you weren't able to I go. I couldn't go back. Like, I'd have to play the whole game again. Oh, you, you would have had to have enjoyed it okay, along but, the way. Well, but the yeah. other thing is <laughs> I would have had to oh, enjoy it Which I think there's a hidden lesson there. Uh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> well, it's the other thing about it, this game is there is, it's not really, a, I don't think it's really an Easter egg, right? The videos that are in it. Definitely not an Easter egg. Like, you're supposed to kind of collect all these, like, little puzzles. But it's definitely not part of winning. Like, you don't have to collect all these, like, little puzzles to unlock the YouTube right. videos to win. But, like... Once you feel, once you get one, you're like, oh shit, I got to get like all the others. But suffice it to say, these videos uh, rocked Jess's boat a little bit. So like, <laughs> because I play video games so fast, like I am very much like in the game. Like right. I am like, you have to like tear me away. This is also why I didn't bring all this up because it's like, okay, it comes off a little crazy. <laughs> so like the video, like the YouTubes, like some of them are related and some of them are like, physics professors and stuff like that. And like, like Richard Feynman yeah. is, in, is in one of the videos. And then there's, yeah, the, like most of them are physics related, honestly. Right. And then there's a couple like just curveballs in there that are just so <laughs> weird that you want to tie it all together. And like, it, it just, it creates a weird thing when you do that. It's so, and I, I mean, so you were having me watch these videos. It must have been after the conversation with Jonathan. It was definitely I, after because yeah, I, I was like, I don't know up. if I should bring it up or right. not. Right. And then so you were showing it to me and I'm like, God, yeah, these videos. And then, but it was clear these videos were transporting you back to a time and place. Namely, playing this game and you're just like, what is the, what does the video mean? <laughs> yeah. What does it mean? It means something, but I don't understand. It's like. Even the guy in the YouTube comments was like, what do these videos mean? And I'm like, that is me. <laughs> right. And some of them, because the other problem was like, some of them have a clear meaning. So now yeah. that you want to get clear meaning out of all of them, one of the things that's interesting is one of those videos is by Brian Moriarty, who was the Infocom, who did Trinity, the game that he mentioned, the Infocom game that he mentioned. So it was all as I was like doing the show notes um, yeah. and, and I'm like, ooh, this is one of the videos. Like, ooh, should I bring this up with Jess? Like a bit of a that landmine maybe? That actually makes sense though. <laughs> right, that it makes sense. sense. It does so make sense. So it's just the one with the candle that makes no sense. 
in your defense, the one with the candle really does not make sense. It makes it it's, a, no sense. it's like a Polish art film or something. I, I think don't that, even... that one's thrown in there just to mess with people. I don't know. Maybe. Especially if, people if, playing the game fast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if that was its intent, like mission accomplished. I mean, it really did. Like, like, it really did. I mean, I, you almost wonder if you brought it up with John and the John and like, God, I kind of oh, overshot I the mark on this one. <laughs> like, I've been waiting for someone to bring that like, one Like, I was trying to like mess with you, not screw you up. <laughs> yeah. But I think I may have. No, but I was, I, I'm amazed in hindsight that you did not actually. I was thinking about it a lot though. But then I, I did imagine him like going back to his like office and being like, you will not believe what this girl on the podcast said about the videos. Like, right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think, I, and I was just impressed that because underneath the, you know, your relative still waters during the conversation was, <laughs> have just been this like the, the candle <laughs> the candle what is going on with the candle <laughs> yeah. but it was amazing now so are we just have we exhausted your list are no we, i have one more okay go for it okay so my last one is during john masters when we were all reminiscing about where we were during specter and meltdown yeah, yeah. which like is crazy because yeah, 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 yeah. it was such a huge thing and it was funny to see like everyone else because i thought i was like freaking out like where i was but like everyone else was freaking out where they were yeah that, you, that that was funny. And I loved your story too about like your your sister is going like shopping for her wedding dress and you're like, oh my God. Do you not appreciate what's happening? <laughs> I know, yeah. like, like the world is ending. Look and at she, my phone. And I can just imagine her be like, can you, can I not have my day? Like, <laughs> right. why must it always be about you? And you're like, no, this Some is like a crisis. Yeah. All of the computers everywhere are broken. I was like freaking out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. No, I just, I felt like I, I definitely, and I remember so oh, where I was. God. Yeah. I, what a, what a mess. But yeah, that, that, was, that was, that was not a good day to be in the cloud provider business. It was not a good day. It was not a good day. Well, the, yeah. That was not a good week. It's like, wait, do we run a multi-tenant service? <laughs> right. Exactly. It was not a good month. It was not a good event. <laughs> no, that was, uh, that was fun. And especially that because for, because recall for John Masters, one of our founding engineers, Robert Mastaki, was here, yeah. like watching the podcast live. And Robert was the one who implemented kernel page table isolation yeah. for us while we were exposed. So Robert Mastaki and Alex Wilson were actually having to do brain surgery while we were exposed. So that was, I mean, I know it's evocative for him as well, for sure. That was just amazing. And all the stories of the vulnerabilities were were amazing. And, and yeah, exactly. It takes us back. It like, yeah, I was like back there with my sister trying on wedding dresses and her being like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. Must it be about you? It's like, it's not about me. It's the world. It's humanity. Steve, any more on your list? Uh, it was actually, that was kind of a partial mine. It was, it was around the vulnerabilities stories from John Masters and then the naming of them and kind of how the, the names branding. were derived and the branding right. and all that. It was uh, just hearing all the terrifying stories of vulnerabilities out there. Very interesting in that one. So uh, my last one, I mean, I've just got a lot, We could, but Rick, I, I loved Rick when we were talking about uh, Windows NT back in the day. And he was able to recall that NT ran on MIPS by bringing up the folder in his brain. You could see he was visualizing the folder <laughs> of the drive. He's like, and as he was, he's like, he was on alpha and then it was on, because I just feel like th that Windows NT ran on MIPS is a fact not many people <laughs> know or would retain. And again, very evocative for me because I had the the top 10 reasons to run NT on MIPS, but it was just amazing, I thought. There's that. a whole 
Wikipedia page I found, I think, on <laughs> Windows NT on Mips. Or there is a, a specific website on it because I linked to it in the show notes and I was like, this was a thing. Well, so it, and I think one of the things I really appreciated actually in this whole exercise is Wikipedia. Because Jess, you and I went to Wikipedia all the time. There's the good notes. stuff on there. There is good stuff on there. And so many of these things are these relatively obs- are very obscure artifacts. I've got actually really good yeah. Wikipedia pages. Plus, like the other thing that I found through doing the show notes is it's not just the Wikipedia page that's great. There's like this references thing at the bottom. And like, if you click through those, then you find out Full way dogs. more information. Yeah, way more information. See, I could have done the show notes with Wikipedia. Uh, I think it's, All right. I, I, I think- I'm taking I, one on yeah, at some point. I, I, yeah. Ooh, God. Ooh. <laughs> I thought next season's pop culture, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so any, uh, any low lights? No. No, any of those. Yeah. I can't not talk about it. What? <laughs> the, the, the bumpkin that gave us the three star review. Oh, come oh on. We were going to talk God. about this. I, we have to hear all five star reviews. There's only one three star oh review. Oh, my God. Come on. No, no, no. Here, here, here. Okay. No, no, get it back on track. I thought you were going to say, like, oh, when Steve said it, it no, didn't know the difference between no. instruction and instruction set. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. No, I was or really, called, I know, I was trying to set myself up. I was trying to set myself up. I just want to get it out of myself. All right. I just, can I, let me just get it out of here. Let me just get it out of here. We'll be done. Okay. So first of all, the podcast is great. And this, the, one of these reviews and the reviews are obviously like, I love this podcast. Of course, like who wouldn't? And also like, I feel like we don't ask people to leave reviews, like leave a review. If you want to leave a review, I mean, people should be free to do what they want, except for the person who left, who said like, Oh, I really like the podcast. But you know, Brian should be like asking Jess less frequently. If she's ever heard of something like that's getting a little old. That's my recommendation. Three stars. <laughs> and first of all, I'm like, and for, yeah, Jess thought it was like hilarious. I'm like, this is not hilarious. <laughs> this is not hilarious at all. For because one, I I don't agree. I mean, you know, Jess, I am I'm what 16 years older than you. It's not an unreasonable question. And like on BBSs, okay, like. BBS, the last BBS was shut off when you were no, in so Euro. Like, I'm convinced. I only know BBSs through like internet culture history. Right, exactly. Like this is not an unreasonable question if you've heard of a BBS. Like oh, I'm well. not being, I don't feel like I'm being, so I feel like I felt obviously very defensive. And then I feel like, <laughs> and we're getting two stars popped <laughs> off of that. I, we could lose two stars because I'm asking if Jeff's ever heard of a BBS. Could have been three. It could have been three. I know. That's what you're saying. I know. I know. I just need to be like. Only knocked off two. Like, why am I reading the comments? Why are you in the comments? Because. No, 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 no. Actually, in fairness, the comments were great. And. And you didn't read the comments. I read them and then I posted it because I was laughing too hard, which is, this is all my fault. It's all my fault. Technically, you did actually send me that comment. That's true. That's true. That's true. But also because it is, the comments have been so positive just because it has been so positive. It's been so great. Yeah. You know, it's been so much Super, fun. super grateful at everyone who takes the time to listen to the long form podcast yeah. and yeah. given feedback. It was great. And the ad, the, the ad. ad. The we ad, did, we, we got to talk about the ad. We do have to talk about the ad. We had, uh, obviously and understandably, listening to those same three ads again and again and again would be <laughs> grating for anybody. Hey, uh, better than the ads we didn't run, when we recorded those ads, Ooh, true. like let's just true, say true, we had true. some experiments. Oh my, there, were some bad ones. There, there were some stinkers in there. there were so some really bad ones. <laughs> you don't know how good but you I'll had it. But I bet they would have appreciated us rolling out the throwouts 
uh, <laughs> yeah, just exactly. to mix things up just as we went. The rejects. Maybe not. Maybe not. It was the, yeah, it was. It was the fact that they're just listening to the same ads all the not time. Petition. And why the fact is like people are not even like, don't run the ads or don't run the ads for Oxide. They're just like, can you just run different ads right. for Oxide? <laughs> you advertise differently. <laughs> right. So one, one listener, uh, I mean, as we said in the ad, just did unsolicited, send us an email and said, you know, look, uh, I have only been a taker of the podcast this entire time. I've given nothing. So I felt like I should give you something. The repetitive ads are killing me. <laughs> so I've recorded my own ad for you that you're free, you're free to use if you'd like. And so obviously Steve and I were delighted by this. The Jonathan Blow episode was, was the next episode up. Yeah. So this is on, this is on Friday. This is last Friday because this is, uh, Jonathan's episode was going to be, it was gonna, going on Monday. Jess, you were out of town yeah. and we're like, Steve and I, are gonna, we obviously have to get, ads cut around this. We got to go to the garage now. <laughs> and then there was this moment of like, we can't get the power on, but right. fortunately- no, but like, this is where me IOTing <laughs> absolutely everything it was the comes win. in hand. I know, I but let's so just happy. say that like the IOT came through because the power doesn't work without, without it. it. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, Steve, Steve's got a point. He's got a point. <laughs> Steve does have the point. But yes, when the power does not work, <laughs> right. it is nice to have someone in another state be able to turn it on. Right. I was able to <laughs> sure. GM you in another state and you were able to turn the power on, which, which was, was like, pretty great. Ooh. It was pretty it was great. great. It was great. <laughs> and, and truthfully, Steve's caveat didn't even occur to me, but right, of course, if I, there was just a power switch, we would have had to, but it, but it was fine. It was great. It worked and we got it recorded, <laughs> but that was a lot of, that was a lot of fun. I mean, how great is it to have, and I think that the, you know, Chris at HumblePod, our producer, I think uh, I, I think it's fair to say he had never quite seen that one before. <laughs> he had yeah, never seen cool. like, a, a listener offer up their own ad. Please, right. please, anything. So, awesome. anything so like, we'll take ads in the interim if yeah. we're writing. <laughs> and we totally appreciate you. I, you, the listeners, it has been so much fun for us. Yeah. We have had so many conversations with people who have listened to the podcast for whom it's been meaningful. We've had people who've been in the industry a long time for whom they've reminisced. What I've loved is some of the younger folks who've listened to the podcast and realized, oh, wow, there's a whole world down there that I, didn't, I wasn't aware of, which was kind of the point, you know? I mean, yeah. at some level, it was really not, not to reminisce so much as it is to talk about this area of engineering that's still very active and interesting and has lots of hard problems. But I, I think was, to the credit of the folks that were on, I mean, they... The descriptions of these of the the lower levels of the stack, the descriptions of some of these hard technology problems, were told in such a way that were very very interesting, you know, historical and and then relevant to a lot of the things that we're doing today. Yeah, and just captivating. I mean, it was yeah. it was it was uh, it was really really interesting. Captivating yeah. and deeply personal, as you said, Jess, at the beginning, like we love so stories yeah. and, and that's, that's what it's about. It's about, and I think a lot of that just happened because we went into it with a, like, there was no season before this. So it was like, everyone was just like, so what do I talk about? And we're like, let's just start with everything. Let's just go, which we should also say <laughs> yes, the, the, first, intros, oh, the first intro, <laughs> the first intro where I was like, I handed it over to Jess to make the intro and Jeff's like, we, and we have, I think it was, it was it Rick. I almost said Rick. And yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was either Rick or Jeff. We were just like, and we have, no, it was Jeff. It was, it was Jeff. I think it was, yeah. it was Jeff. And it's like, and, uh, and we have Jeff here. Jess is going to intro who we have got the draw. So like, actually, we have Jeff Rothschild here. So here's I'm like, the thing. Okay, I actually put a Hello. lot of thought into that though, 
behind the scenes because I was like, well, maybe he doesn't want to be like introed as the thing that like everyone knows him for. Maybe he like wants to be known for something else. So I was like, maybe mm, I'll just let him intro himself. That. And then like, yeah. Well, and also, I mean, it should be said that like we were all three of us are a bit starstruck by Jeff. Um, yeah, and I mean, he's just, he's had such an interesting career and been in so many different interesting places. And so you don't want to intro him like in a way that he doesn't, you know, he, he would like. like right? So then I was like, oh crap. Smart. Like, <laughs> so it was like, okay, back to me. So, uh, and then I think we just decided like, that's the way we intro people yeah. around here. We just we give your name. We didn't put them in a box. We didn't put them in a box. <laughs> we didn't put them in a box. No, it was great. And it was fun. And it, it was so much fun. I, we loved it. So season two is coming. Yeah. And we're excited that you all, the listeners are excited. So stay tuned, right? Stay tuned. All right, thanks. And hey, don't forget, head on over <laughs> to oxide.computer <laughs> and join our mailing list. Thanks. Stay tuned, everyone. See you in season two. See ya. You've been listening to On the Metal, Tales from the Hardware Software Interface. For show notes, to learn more about our guests, or to sign up for our mailing list, visit us at onthemetal.fm. On the Metal is a production of Oxide Computer Company and is recorded in the Oxide Garage in Oakland, California. To learn more about Oxide, visit us at oxide.computer. On the Metal is hosted by me, Brian Cantrell, along with Jess Frizzell, and we are frequently joined by our boss, Steve Tuck. Our original and awesome theme music is by J.J. Wiesler at Pollen Music Group. You can learn more about J.J. and Pollen at pollenmusicgroup.com. We are edited and produced by Chris Hill and his crew at HumblePod. From Jess, from Steve, from me, and from all of us at Oxide Computer Company, thanks for listening to On the Metal.